You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 209, and I'm extremely excited for today's episode as we talk to a guest who teaches us lessons we can learn from someone who loves themselves even at 687 pounds. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Today, we're talking with someone that I've been excited to talk with since I met him. I met him last October at an event that we were both speaking at. His name is Sean Mulroney, and he is here to share his story and his journey from childhood to adult through obesity and his trauma and all the struggles that he's gone through and how he's turned it into a success story. I love a quote that he says, and it states that we all have a 687-pound problem. The difference between mine and others is that you can see mine. And today, we're going to talk about Sean as he got to his heaviest weight at 687 pounds, what he learned from that moment, and how he changed the entire course of his life, and the encouragement he has for you. And can we say just how amazing it is that he chose to rise up when the world told him he was nothing, to speak truth into the world about this journey, and about his story, and about what we can learn about the human population and ourselves. So I'm so excited to have Sean on to talk about his journey, what that looks like, and how he actually can love himself at 687 pounds. And don't forget, if you love today's show, if you want the resources or where to find Sean's latest book called Larger Than Life, Addressing the Elephant in the Room, you can head on over to the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 209. Also, while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list. It's where we connect and communicate and to share with each other our own journeys. I know I'm constantly sharing an inside look of what's going on in my life, things that I'm loving, recipes, and any new and exciting projects that I have coming that could benefit you, as well as connect with you and what's going on in your own life. There's nothing I love more than connecting and communicating together and really just encouraging each other to take health and to stop making it just another thing that we do and instead make it who we are. So make sure you sign up for that over there. Also, don't forget, if you want to do some personal consulting, I do have a few spots left. You can find all the information about that at simperswellness.com. Click on the work with me page, fill out the application, and I'll get back to you. The thing that I'm doing differently this time around, because I took a break from personal consulting, is that I don't want to put anyone inside of a box. Your journey is unique from everyone else's, and I want to meet you right where you are and develop a plan that works for you. So check all that out over there and don't forget to find all the information on today's show in the show notes at semperitswellness.com backslash 209. Oh, and one more thing, share this with your friends and family. It is the best way to help me is really to tell other people about this show, about Simperitz Radio and just Simperitz Wellness in general. I love to see what you're loving about the shows, getting your feedback, but also encouraging other people to Join this community of like-minded people who are on a mission to make health who we are, not what we do. So share with your friends and family, take a screenshot of the show, leave it on social media, or send it out in an email. Okay, that's it for today. For now, let's get right to the show with Sean. Sean, 
Welcome to the show. I got the privilege of meeting you last October. Um, and I felt like we had this instant connection on just this path to what health is and incorporating faith. And it just felt so right. And I'm so excited to have you on to talk about this. Well, Alexa, the honor is all mine. And you did awesome. It was a pleasure meeting you at, you know, our good friend Adam Shibley's, you know, event. And and I am indebted and thankful to have you in my life. And so thank you for having me on your show. Well, Sean, you have quite the story with health. In fact, you're going through your own health journey. And I think it's very profound and very I mean, some would call the obesity revolution is what you do, um, not relatable, but I think that we have to understand it's so relatable to all of us. So can you, can you dive into a little bit of your story and just specifically where your health journey started and where you are today? Sure. I, I, I would be honored. Um, well, I can't, you know, start and, you know, without going back to my roots and my, my childhood, Alexa, um, you know, I had a loving family. Um, my mother and father uh, were born in Dublin, Ireland, and then moved over here. And my two oldest siblings were born over there as well. And then I'm the youngest of five. And um, my my parents, you know, of course, I grew up uh, in the 70s. And, you know, the drug culture, you know, alcohol was so much part of my my life, too. My dad um, you know, really was into alcohol pretty big time. Uh, was a worker, was a welder um, by trade, uh, worked a lot of hours. And um, at six years of age, my, my father passed away of lung cancer. Mm. And that was pretty traumatic. And I had a, you know, really, you know, with a kid, you know, you lose your parent mm-hmm. as a child, you know, it's sort of, it, it was, it was traumatic that, I thought my mom was going to be next. I mean, it just sort of, you know, I always watched for my mom and was expecting that. And it just, you know, it was, was bad. But at the other time, during all this time, my, um, my older brothers and sisters, of course, my next sister to me is nine and a half years older than me. And my oldest brother is 18 years older than me. And, you know, my mom, my father died. My, my sisters watched me. And um, they, they were the best, but they were making some pretty bad, you know, choices as teenagers and in their early 20s with drugs and alcohol. And I got a taste of drugs and alcohol the first time I was six years mm-hmm. of age. Mm-hmm. And um, it sort of set a pattern for me. And um, I got addicted by age 13. And then in between there, I also was uh, molested for close to three years by a teenage boy in the neighborhood uh, that lured me, you know, had, was into sports and stuff. And then all of a sudden I can remember that like it was yesterday and it really messed me up. I mean, it, it does. I mean, when you break that innocence of a child, which most people, you know, when somebody uh, obese, you know, the obese community, about 90 some percent um, of obese people have suffered some kind of traumatic mm-hmm. experience, uh, whether neglect or uh, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, um, having to do things on their own. And so that was traumatic for me that, you know, it just, you know, he scared me and made me say, if I said anything, he you know, told me that, you know, my family would be hurt. So I, you know, mm-hmm. I held on to that. I mean, I didn't, you know, if I told my sisters, my sisters, 
and would have, you know, let them have it because they were my protectors and they did, but it was just, it got away from me, grow up on that stuff. And I sort of grew up, uh, you know, on the streets anyways, type thing um, of, of Pittsburgh. And then, you know, my mother remarried and um, my stepdad was a great provider. I love him. I mean, I, I'm thankful for him, but um, you know, by this time, my 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 my, my uh, siblings were all out of the house, had their own children, and my stepfather, although a good provider, he was very verbally abusive mm. towards me. And it's like I could, you know, I you know, one day it was great, the next day I didn't know it was like you know dealing with the Doctor mm-hmm. Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and I felt I didn't feel in uh, in place at my in my home. Uh, it was me, my mother, and my stepdad. And he would provide, he, he got, he would get me gifts just to take them away. You know, he'd buy me something and then hold it over. And it was just very, you know, and that's why I said 13, I was into Mm -hmm. heavy drugs through my teen years, all the way up until I was 21. And then, um, I held on to that. And to be quite honest, the verbal abuse was, I would say worse Mm -hmm. than the sexual abuse because, I just stopped listening to my dad's, you know, my stepdad's voice about a year and a half mm-hmm. ago. So I heard his voice that I couldn't do this because in my mother's eyes, I could do no wrong. But in my stepdad's eyes, I could mm-hmm. do no right. And I wouldn't hear the positive reinforcement of my mother, but I kept on hearing those voices. And even when he passed away in 2005, mm-hmm. he wouldn't talk to me. I mean, he just, you know, he was just that way. He was insecure, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Which I loved him and I wish it was different. But everything he said, I just felt like, uh, you know, aimlessly through my life, I felt like he would always tell me in secret, you're the reason why your mother and I fight. Mm -hmm. And I believed him. And so I thought I was in a position that, you know, here I, I couldn't do anything. And I kept hearing that voice, everything that he said about me or done or took away or, you know, did this. And it just, it, I carried it heavily on me and he would watch over my, my shoulders on everything I did and just, you know, scrutinize mm-hmm. and, you know, pick it. And, and it just, it was really rough. No, no mm-hmm. kids should go to their, their home should be a haven. And, um, anyways, through that, by 21, I gave that all up. I turned, turned my, my, my life around. Um, and of course, you know, my, my saving grace was, you know, accepting, you know, Christ as my savior at a young age. And then at the same time I went, you know, Hey, you know, I went haywire, Alexa. I just, I just did some terrible, terrible things as my teenager. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't know, you don't know what you don't know. And I played sports in high school. I did really well with baseball. I played football, but baseball was my thing. And I was, you know, I, I was stocky. Um, I could, I was lifting, you know what right. I mean? I was, you know, being a sports and stuff like that. But at 21, I gave up the, um, the drugs and the alcohol and all that stuff. And of course, then you're, mm-hmm. you're eating bad. I didn't grow up, you know, I grew up eating bad, you know, it was just like right. you know, sugar, you know, caloric drinks, you know, pop, you know, uh, fast food, you know, you know, eating fried foods, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? My mom was a great cook, you know what I'm saying? And it was just all that stuff. And guess what? I turned all that drugs and alcohol would eat yeah. late, you know what I'm saying? Wake up and I wouldn't eat till like 12, one o'clock in the you know afternoon, my first meal. And then I'd eat before I go to bed. And, you know, you think about it, you go mm-hmm. eat fast food two or three times a day, 
I mean, that's a thousand calories at right. one meal usually, you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, you know, I went to college and it just started bad sleep patterns, you know, three hours of sleep a night, working a job, going to college, you know, studying, but then living on the run, you're eating fast food. And then all of a sudden, you know, I started gaining weight up or 300 pounds. And, um, I got, I married, I met my wife in 1997. We got married in 1998. I was in, you know, the mm-hmm. upper three hundreds at that time, functional yeah. obese person. I was traveling, working mm-hmm. with youth, you know, all over the country, speaking in public schools. And when I got married, you know, I was fine. And then I got my first infection in 2000, didn't know what it was. I was speaking down in Louisiana. And I found out it was cellulitis. Mm-hmm. You know, they put me on antibiotics before I flew back. And all of a sudden that was mm-hmm. started a pattern. And then from 2000 to 2004, I kept on getting the infections. And then finally I had allergic reaction to Cipro. It gave me Stevens Johnson syndrome, which I had blisters over 90% mm-hmm. of my body. And they put me in a hospital. I was one dose away Mm. from dying. And the infectious disease doctor, Dr. Delore, reversed those and took me off everything and pretty much Mm -hmm. saved my life. And so from that time, from, you know, 98, 2000 to that time, I went from the upper 300s to there was a, I didn't weigh myself at all from that time to 2004, but on the bed, there was a scale and my wife decided to, she says, let me check what, what you weigh. And of course it's sure enough, it was 567. I was like, wow, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't, you know, believe that. And uh, the infections, the lymphedema mm-hmm. started forming. I started getting that mass on my leg. And then of course my highest weight got to, to 687. And I've had 19 infections, hospitalized 13 times, and then almost died twice from sepsis and also the allergic reaction and had some bad hospital stays, bad doctors, bad nurses. And it was a journey that, you know, pretty much I was done. I hit the blackest point in my life in 2011 when my mom passed away and had a bad hospital stay. And I was, I didn't Mm. want to go on. Mm -hmm. I was feeling too much of a burden. And so that was my turning point. And that's how I got to 687. Mm -hmm. So essentially you were taking, you had taken the drugs and alcohol out of your life. You had this massive life transformation, but because of all this past trauma, you had to keep suppressing that, right? Like the drugs and alcohol were essentially suppressing your trauma and you just switched it to food. Exactly. Well, let me, let me say this and let me, I never had an addiction to food. I had a bad relationship. Okay. And what I mean by that, because everybody automatically assumes and relates obesity you know, to food addiction or mm-hmm. eating disorder. But, you know, there's 180 pound people that are addicted to food right. and have eating disorders too. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, never been right. overweight. Mm-hmm. But what I was is that I just had bad eating patterns. It was, it was bad. I I didn't care. You know, I right. didn't watch, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, you go and you get a, um, you know, a Big Mac value meal and then do that two or three times a day you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To where, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was eat, just eat one Big Mac, you know, a large fry, mm-hmm. a large Coke. And so it was like, that's what I did. You know what I mean? That's what I sort of looked forward to. And it was like, that's what I, you know, to suppress even the feelings was that I didn't even look at it like me suppressing the feelings. I looked at it that, you know, I didn't know. I mean, right. and then it just started pounding 
you know, packing on because, you know, then being sedentary, then coming on and then you, you look at it, you're like, wow, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And it just, and yes, so food was a comfort, it comforted me. You know what I'm saying? Right. But at the same time, I wasn't addicted. Mm-hmm. And even like I said, now it's like, if I would have changed this, you know, what I did now, if I knew then what I know now, it would have really saved me a lot of, you know, turmoil and a lot of, you know, things mm-hmm. in my life that, you know, I could have turned around. So yes, food was like, that was there for me. Yeah. And that's all I knew was, hey, eat this. And I didn't know calories, you know, macros right. or, you know what I'm saying? And I. I, I had a bad, uh, unhealthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. if you could say, yeah. which was hard to change. So, and I mean, yes, I think that I think that goes into the, to the next question, and I think that you mentioned this, and really, it was like I don't want to say it was a huge aha moment, but it was a huge sense of oh my gosh, everyone needs to hear this. This is so freeing. Is that you had said in um, Indiana that no unhealthy person walks themselves there purposely, and I think that we have all of this, you know, like I think all of, all of the people who are listening or come to their health and they assess it and they think I'm overweight, I need to lose weight. I think we often get fed the message. This is all your fault. You're just lazy. You should have done better, but no one gets here on purpose. (laughs) No, Alexa. And if that was the case, you think about it, that, you know, it's like, if I would have known, you know, I would have known, especially, you know, growing up, you know, my mother, an Irish, you know, mm-hmm. lady that could cook. And, you know, it was like, you know, and she would even tell me, she's like, you know, everything, if you had a bad day, well, hey, have something to eat. That's what right. she would say, you know? And it was like, okay, that's what you do is that in some instant, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're medicating because you're like, hey, this is comfort food. It is, and food is comforting. The bad food, you know, is comforting. And that, you know, you walk here and then all of a sudden you're like, I can't even believe, you know, it was never my mission to be 687 pounds. Right, right. You know, it was You it didn't was purposely that, sign up. I'm going to do this. No, yeah. no, right. I, no. I right. mean, and it was just like, whenever you get there, you're like, how in the world did I even, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, uh, and then people think, well, well, how did you let yourself get that way? Well, but the thing is, is then whatever you don't understand is that how complex obesity is, you know, you think, and this is what I talk about a lot, you know, I talk about environmentally, you know, metabolically, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Genetically, you know what I'm saying? There's all these factors hormonally, you know, there's all these factors that go into it and so complex that what you did when you grew up in your environment, what, what happens with your genetics, what happens with your hormones, what happens with your, you know, metabolism. And then if we don't get that to the root of it is a people and the, the common, you know, uh, solution that they can come up with is eat less, move more. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why did you get this way, fat? So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You're disgusting. How did you, you know, I had a nurse say that in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, to my wife and I, when I got in there, she goes, you don't have any opinion. I don't want to hear how did you let yourself get this way? That's that obesity is, is horrid mm-hmm. and you're horrid for letting yourself do this. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just a bad, you know, the assumptions. And that's what I want to do is I want to kill the assumptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's in the stigmas that go with it, Alexa. It's, it's terrible. It is, it is really awful. And, and like I said, I think that they're like, for anyone who maybe finds themselves looking at themselves and thinking, man, 
how did I get here? You know, yes. I, I think there is a freedom that comes with, but you didn't do this to yourself on purpose. Like this wasn't, no. this wasn't you purposefully getting yourself here. But the bigger question then is what is that revelation to say like, okay, how can I find hope to get out of this? You know, like well, how did you yes. come back and say, okay, I'm going to love myself enough to, to choose something different. I mean, it couldn't have been easy. Well, no, no, it wasn't easy. And, and thank you for saying that. And, um, you think about this whenever you get morbidly obese. Okay. Mm. At this time you're wanting, you know what I'm saying? And not every obese person is frumpy, grumpy and dumpy. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? That's the way the world portrays the TV shows, which is, is ludicrous. You Mm. know what I mean? And that there's productive obese people. We just hid in the shadows for so long. Mm And you think about it that there's, you know, from, you know, 650 million people are morbidly obese, 2 billion people are overweight and morbidly obese in our world. Okay. And then in America, you know, you have a hundred million people that are either overweight or morbidly obese. And then you have 30% of them that don't even come out of their home. Okay. Mm. And so what happens is, is that a person that like me, um, I'm getting there. I'm not only mentally or physically obese, I'm mentally obese. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you got this way. And I, I just made a video recently is that don't bite off more than you can chew. Mm-hmm. You see, biting off more than I can chew got me to where I was 687, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I can't treat the healthy lifestyle and bite off more than I can chew. I got to do it in small changes, small, you know, uh, choices and micro changes, all these things and keeping it simple. And so I, if I knew that, then I, it would have been a changed mm-hmm. life for me. It would have been an epiphany. And small tweaks lead to great peaks that, mm-hmm. you know, Brandon was the one that said that. And when that did, that hit home to mm-hmm. me because everybody, so I'm thinking I got here by biting off more than I can chew. I can't teach my, my weight loss journey you know what I'm saying? I don't want to yeah. lose weight. I want to get rid of my weight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, whenever I, you lose something, you're, you're going to find it if mm-hmm. you're, you're looking for it. So I want to get rid of it. I'm on a, a, a weight riddance journey, if you mm-hmm. will. And so what happened is, is that when dealing with this, I wanted, you know, I was looking for shortcuts. You know, I, I got here and I'm thinking, okay, there's nothing. I didn't get here overnight. I'm not going to lose it overnight, but I wanted the shortcut. I wanted, mm-hmm. you know, a magic right. bullet, a right. magic pill. You know, I wanted something, you know, even that the first resort that they give to us, any obese person, the only solution they have is the gastric bypass. And I tried three times to get that and I got, you know, my insurance denied it. Um, and it just didn't work. And they even put me on a liquid diet. And I gained 20 pounds mm. in six weeks on a liquid diet. Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, it was, it was crucial. It was, it was bad. But the thing is, is that what they do is for one person and there's no one size fits all. So what had happened was, is I didn't realize this. Okay. When things started hitting me, I was looking and searching and that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Whenever you search and look for, for answers and trying to find the shortcuts and stuff like that. I, I'm the shortcut kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I did that in high school. I, I would try to, you know, I would barely do my homework. I do my homework 10 minutes before, you know, class. Right. You know, I never read a book. You know what I'm saying? I'd read the back of a book to do a book report, you know, type yeah. thing. And so I cut corners and that's how I looked at, you know, that, the, my, my weight loss journey. And I didn't know until it hit me is that 
I was in a hospital. I was looking up and all of a sudden I was that bad hospital stay and I didn't want to go on. But my therapist came in who was helping with my leg. She said to me, her name's Leslie. She said, Sean, she goes, you're trapped. Mm-hmm. And she sort of was, you know, um, pretty, you know, I wouldn't have taken it if she didn't care, but she was pretty honest, you know, brutally honest. And it like hit me like, uh, 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 you know, a brick, I mean, upside the head. And I said, I told her, I said, Leslie, you're right. And I sat there and in the hospital, I got out of the hospital and I looked and, you know, that bad doctors that treated me poorly in that hospital stay and the nurse that treated me poorly, you know, I could have used that as a, you know, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm out of here. Like I was thinking, but then what happened was Alexa, here's what I did. I was addicted you know, to pop, you know, I would drink mm-hmm. pop. I mean, so caloric drinks were my thing. Um, you know, I could drink, you know, a, a, a two liter of Pepsi at, you know, at any given time. And so what had happened was I was drinking water and I got out of there and you know what I did? Hmm. I got out and I told my wife, I said, I'm giving up, you know, pop. Hmm. She goes, yeah, she's heard that before. Hmm. And I did this eight years ago. I gave up pop and it hasn't had control of me since. Mm. And then I gave up fast food. I haven't had a McDonald's Big Mac in eight years. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was it doesn't have control of me. I don't eat fast food. You know, uh, pop doesn't have control of my life. And so what I did is I gave up one thing and led me to another Mm -hmm. thing and started taking them small micro changes and small steps to get me where I'm at. And then all of a sudden I started doing that. I gave up that and I stuck to it. And then I added something else to it. And for five years, I spent getting my mind in shape. I was mm-hmm. tracking my all everything I ate every day. I've been tracking my fitness pal now uh, for eight years. I haven't missed a day since. And when I started tracking my meals and journaling what I was eating, that's when the light bulb really went on mm-hmm. because then you see, wait a minute, what in the heck am I putting into my body? Right. I mean, this is just, you know, out of bounds. And it was accountability. Then I got a Fitbit, mm-hmm. you know, to track my, you know, to, to do that. And that became one of my first accountability partner. Mm-hmm. And so I was tracking my food, tracking my steps, you know, making it and doing that for five years. And then five years into it, I was getting my mind in shape because I, I was seeing some results, but nothing. And then, then my daughters were born, Alexa. Mm-hmm. My first daughter was born in 2010, mm-hmm. uh, Madison Grace. And the light bulb really started going on. I'm like, now I have a daughter. It took us 12 years to have our first child. And then um, then Olivia was born in 2014. And all of a sudden, it's like, now I have two. And my why was being manifested, okay? Mm-hmm. And then 2016, December 26th, then Mackenzie was born. Mm-hmm. And I was holding her. So at this five years in that juncture, in that time frame to 2016, I spent there, you know, doing this, trying to figure this out. You know, I didn't know, hey, you do this meal plan, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like all these things that were rushing in. And then on top of the infections, being in the hospital, you know, uh, almost, you know, coming close to death, all these things were doing it, not being able to travel, you know what I mean? Not Mm -hmm. being able to drive, uh, you know, losing my independence all because of this. And then you just get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like there wasn't a trainer going to fall out of the sky. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes what we have to do is go out and get it. Yeah. And so what happened was to, to, I held, I cut all three of my girls' umbilical cords. Mm. And it was like, man, I seen that life coming into this world. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, every time it kept getting stronger that I want them to re- don't remember me in pictures just. Mm-hmm. I want to grow up with them and I want to walk them down the aisle. Mm-hmm. I don't want somebody else walking them down the aisle. I want them to know me. And then when Kenzie was born on December 26, 2016, I just, something came over me. I was holding her and I was like, man, if I die now, she's not going to have one memory of Mm me except the picture. And I don't want that. So I went home that day. Um, My mother-in-law took my two oldest and that's the, that's when I searched, there was a gym three miles away from here. That's whenever I called that gym, I Google searched it, got the number and called and was said, Hey, I'm looking for a trainer. And, um, and she said, well, there's nobody here right now. Can I help you? And I said, well, I said, I, I'm thinking to myself, well, what do I, do? I, I, I poured everything onto her, Alexa. Mm-hmm. I just dumped my whole heart on her. You know, she was either going to say, okay, well, I'll, I'll give somebody the message. She was so empathetic. She said, I'm so sorry, Sean. And she said, I have somebody that can, you know, I'll leave us on the trainer's desk. And sure enough, an hour later, that's when Brandon Mm. Gore called me. Mm. And that's the day, like I said, I spent five years getting my mind in shape to get there, to reach out because I was hiding in the shadows. I, Mm -hmm. you know, was doing this. And then all of a sudden I said, it's, it's time. And I, and he came, he said, how about I come to your house and meet you? I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. I mean, who does that? He, in the next day, two o'clock on the 27th, he came to my house, sat down for about two and a half hours. And he looked at me and said, I'm going to take you on. Mm. And I was like, what? And I've been turned away of 30 plus trainers, mm-hmm. mind you, because I reached out to other ones and I just got, you know, they, they want this or no, I can't do this, you know, because to find out the health and fitness industry doesn't know how to work with somebody my size. Right. And they, because they think that, you know, you know, only this percentage is going to make it or whatever. And the perceptions. And then of course, Brandon said the same thing. He's like, you know, I went to school. They only spent like a semester on obesity. And they said, if somebody like that comes to you, tell them to go see the doctor. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor goes, says, go see his help, you know, a, a weight loss specialist. And it's like a revolving door mm-hmm. because the healthcare, it, it, the fitness, the medical industry is dismissive. And then Brandon, he came here, he said, I'm going to take you on. And, and the question that I asked him, I said, Brandon, I said, I, I appreciate it. And he says, I'm going to take you on for no cost. And I'm like, serious? I said, I, I mean, uh, anyways, who does that? And he, I said to him, I said, Brandon, have you ever been overweight? And he goes, not a day in my life. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. I said, have you ever worked with somebody my size? And he said, no. And what changed my life, Alexa, that he said to me, and the rest is history. It's been three years now. He looked at me and I said, well, how's this going to work? He said, well, you want to learn from me, don't you? Mm-hmm. I said, yes. He says, well, I want to learn from you too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh. I said, I mean, Brandon, I, I was in tears. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you say? And then that's what we've done. And then all of a sudden I shared my, I went into the gym on this, on January 10th, 2017. Um, I made a video just to put myself out there to my family and friends on Facebook. And that video went viral by the next day. It had 1.2 million views. Mm. 
And that's how, you know, people started bombarding me and I was just sharing my struggle and the journey. And I started doing, you know, these videos and, and then people and how the obesity revolution name came about is people were hashtagging team Sean. And then somebody said, Sean Moroni, the leader of the obesity revolution. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's was. how the yeah. name, and that's how it came about Alexa. And it was just so surreal that all I found out is that there is great strength and vulnerability and you don't have to be perfect to inspire others. You just have to show people how you deal with your imperfections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love what you just said. Like you, you all of a sudden took your pain and turned it into purpose. And, and I think that so many people are just walking around almost purposeless. And yes, I think that pain is just allowed that we've suppressed is just allowed to just continuously flood in. And um, I think that, you know, ultimately our, our mind and our heart and our beliefs really shape our action, which is going to be our, our body, right? Our body's just a byproduct of that. So, so do you believe like in your story that the mindset component or how influential was that mindset component of, I have to train. I mean, was it everything really? Um, uh-huh. I mean, wow. because I think so many people carry the weight of the world and literal pounds on their body. Mm. And I think we have mm-hmm. such a misconception and why so many people in the health space can't see beyond that, right? Like we don't know how to work with people in general, no matter yes. the size, yes. because we can't see right. that our body is just right. a byproduct. Right. Uh, that's good. That's the, that I, I like what you just said right there. Our body's just a byproduct. Um, and it, it start if the mind, okay, listen, you, you said it, man, this, this gets me cranked up. Mm-hmm. If I tried to get my body in shape before I got my mind in shape, mm-hmm. if you don't get your mind in shape, the body's never going to follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here, here, here's the, the, the big thing is even take it a, a, a step further with the mind, okay, and then the body. And we think this, that you got to lose weight in order to be healthy. Mm-hmm. No, you got to get healthy before you lose weight. Yeah. And you said that it, your body's the byproduct, okay? And then up in my mind is getting these things that I'm hearing and the things that I go because I was suppressing them or dealing with them in another way. And then if I did not change my mind, Alexa, guess what? Mm-hmm. I would not be calm because guess what? Show It's easy to show up whenever you're getting results, okay? Right. Like my first year, I lost 110 pounds mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it went, it went, man, it was like, it was so, and I'm like, I got this, you know, and I got... You know, I'm like this next year, you know, I'll get down another hundred pounds and then the next year. And guess what? It didn't happen. happen. Mm. And I found out that there was a lot of other things and I never had a true medical workup until two years ago. Mm. And I found out hormonally I'm off. You know, Mm. my estrogen is through the roof. My testosterone is tanked. Um, you know, I got other things, which, okay, what was it? Uh, is that the, the, the chicken or the egg? I, I'm, right. I'm the, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, why? Mm-hmm. And then lymphedema, lymphedema. I'm not only fighting a fat weight loss, I'm fighting a water weight loss. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get rid of the fluid and the inflammation of inflammation and in the fluid, you can't get rid of fat mm-hmm. because the water is what it's protecting. Our bodies are amazing because our built in fire department is our lymphatic system. Mm-hmm. 
it fights lymphedema. It's your, it's a filter. It filters you for your immune system, your nervous system. And nobody ever discusses what the nervous system and I gotten, had to get in tune with my mind. But then this last year, because of having, you know, therapy, uh, body therapy and massage therapy, I'm finally getting in tune with my body and I'm getting healthy because, you know, the scale, you know, does not define me. Mm-hmm. It, it measures my weight, not my worth. Right. Okay. Is what one thing. Mm-hmm. And so what I have to do is like going back, what you said is that how about sh- like that for that it was easy to show up whenever I lost that 110 pounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then all of a sudden I get an infection. I can gain 70 to 80 pounds with one infection overnight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And I've gained a hundred pounds overnight because of the fluid and the retention in my mass on my leg, which can be, it's close. If that got cut off, it'd be close to, to 50 to 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'd lose that. And I'm off balance on one side. Mm-hmm. And so what happened is, is that I'm thinking that the next year, you know, show up when you don't get results. Mm-hmm. And so I had to keep going, even though I wasn't getting the results, but finding out I'm getting my body and feeling the best. And here, here's the thing. Check it. Check this out too. My A1C is 5.1, wow. Alexa. Wow. Congratulations. My, my, well, thank you. My, my triglycerides, my cholesterol is better than perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. My, my blood pressure last time I got checked was 118 over 70. Mm-hmm. No medication. No, nothing. And I've never had any true problems at all because people automatically assume that because you're, you're morbidly, it's not good. Listen to me, being morbidly obese is not good for your joints, for your blood vessels, for your system, for your back, for your weight bearing bones. It's terrible. It's the worst thing. I, I hate obesity for what it does, you know, not just mentally, but physically, it's not good for you. But the thing is, is just because you're obese, just, just for instance, the, the Bob Harper, um, the, one of the trainers yeah. for the biggest loser had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just because you look healthy doesn't mean you are healthy. Just because you look unhealthy doesn't mean you aren't healthy. Right. And so what I'm saying is that I found out, you know, having all those numbers and getting them tested and there was doctors that were testing it two and three times because they couldn't believe it. And so what happened is, is that through that all, I am in the best health that I've ever been. You know, my body's, you know, doing that and I'm catching up. And what I've had to learn over the last two years is keep going, is show up when results don't. Mm -hmm. And it's all because you know why? Not the body, because I hate going to work out. Mm -hmm. I don't want to eat right. My body, I I talk myself out of, I quit every day. Mm -hmm. But what I've decided to do, it's in my mind. And the biggest, the, 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 the biggest prison that we face is our own mind. Yes. And I was trapped in my own mind. And that's what I had to do. And guess what? If I ain't dead, I'm not done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my mind is the most important thing. If you don't overcome the mind, you're not going to do anything else. Mm-hmm. I promise you. Yeah. Promise you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. So. I guess this is a hard question. Do you feel like you love yourself? Oh, beyond measure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a, it's a biblical principle because you know, the, 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 the Bible says, love thy neighbor as thyself. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we miss that. We say, well, I need to love my neighbor, but what about yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, if God loves me, okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't love myself. How should I expect anybody else to love me? Mm-hmm. Because I'm stuck with me. 
I am who I am and I had to accept myself for who I am and where I've been. And guess what? I had to give myself a big old hug, you know, hug because God doesn't make junk. Right. He makes us for a purpose. He gives us what we need. He, I'm here. He did not do this to me. It was a pattern of my choices that got me to where I'm at. But guess what? Through it all, God worked, you know, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And so what I found out is this, think about this, and this is how I learned to love myself. You think about it, it doesn't say all things are good. Mm-hmm. You know, it says all things work together for good, okay? Now, here's the, here's the thing. You get your, 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 your dessert or you get, you know, something that you love. You know, it, it's, we're talking obesity, but I can't illustrate it any better. But if you get like a nice hot, you know, roll, mm-hmm. you know, you have to put yeast into it. You have to put, you know, salt into it, sugar, bacon powder. You know what I mean? All these ingredients, egg. You know what? Here's the thing. I don't like yeast. I could not eat yeast by itself. Right. I do not want to eat salt by itself or even sugar at that fat by itself or an egg by itself, you know, that's raw. Or I don't want to eat bacon soda by itself. But you know what the amazing thing is? You put them all together, you got a finished product, which is good. Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at my life is that I, people have asked me, would you change anything of your past? You know what? I would not change one thing because all things work together for good. Mm-hmm. And now I am good because God made me and created me in his image. So guess what? If I don't love myself, I can't expect anybody else to love me. And this is my body. I have one body. I haven't been a good steward of it. And I haven't, you know, did it because this is the only way that I only have one body in one life. And I, you know, it convicts me because how I treated my body over the years. And now I'm finally figuring this out that man I love myself for who I am and what I've been through. And when I found that out, Alexa, it was an epiphany, an aha moment. And it was like, okay, God says, you got this Mm -hmm. now, son. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he says, I love you. He says, that's why I died for you. Mm -hmm. He says, so why don't you love yourself? Because we want to love the neighbor, but we don't want to love ourselves. So yes, I love myself at where I'm at. What at 687? I love myself, and at 187. But if I don't love myself at 687, I'm not going to love myself at 187. Yeah, that'll preach. <laughs> yes, it will. I that, mean, that's what it is, right? But you're, I mean, it's so accurate because I think all the time, if we could just get people to love themselves, yes, would yes, they not yes. love? to treat their bodies well, you know, like, I think we're just in this fight of, I think I need to get to this weight, or I think I need to get to this size, or I think if I do this, and if I could just fix my marriage or do all these things, then I could love myself, then I could be happy. And we associate change with all that. But, but the reality is that's that's never how it works. That's not how God intended our lives to be. And um, yeah, that is really good. And I love how fast you answered that question because I see the struggle so many, so many times. And it's in your love that you're choosing to work through the resolve, have the resolve over the results, right? Because yes, yes, you have. What you don't self love is important. And whenever you finally realize that you have worth, mm-hmm. and that's what I deal with, we have our, our weekly support meeting for our tour VIP members. You know, they've been trapped in their home. Mm-hmm. They've come, I get them to a meeting and we have a, a Zoom call every Wednesday at seven. 
And then we had 20 last week that, you know, these are people that haven't been out of their homes. You know, they, Mm -hmm. they, they're four or five, 600 pounds. You know what I'm saying? And now they're like sharing videos now because they finally realize, Hey, I am worth it because we think in ourselves that, you know, the hardest voice to to tame is our own voice on how we self-hate ourselves. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is if I talked about your family the way we talk about ourselves, yeah, you know what I'm saying? We 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 we, we, we throw a fit. We right. wouldn't. We wouldn't allow it. And then why do we allow that to mm-hmm. do ourselves to talk to ourselves that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm my biggest bully. I'm my biggest enemy. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm my biggest hater. Mm-hmm. And it's just I I believe my own you know lies, and I get up in my own head, and then I've I've messed myself up because of that. Yeah. So. That's, that's, that's really rich is that if you don't get that and you don't love yourself and you don't get the mind straight, you, you don't have a, a starting point. You don't have a foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that mind, and if you don't love yourself, yes. And if you, you get people to love themselves, you could cause a lot of great things and a ripple effect that would last throughout eternity. Yeah. Yeah. So on this topic, I think, um, I think we understand and, and we don't have a lot of time. So this is maybe my last question, which it's not going to be my last question forever on this podcast. Cause I have a bazillion more I need to ask you. <laughs> yes, so you're yes. going to come back on at some point. Um, awesome. But I think we hear, I think diet and exercise, there's something to grasp onto, right? There's something to measure. There's something to hold. When we get into the mind, it gets a little bit trickier because it's kind of this abyss of emotions, hurts, pains that, we really just want to distract and avoid, right? Like that's why we suppress in the beginning. It's because yes, we, we yes. can't fathom walking back through that and doing all that. But w- what is your encouragement or give a few steps maybe of three steps that someone could take of, okay, I'm finally getting it. Like the only way I'm going to love myself is, is to dig into the stuff, to dig into um, my mind. What are some, th- what are three steps that you would encourage someone to take that have helped you in your journey? If I can, let me give you the steps with the word obesity, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. Can I do that? Yes, please. Okay, watch us. Watch us. Okay, here's how you overcome obesity. The O stands for overcome the mind, mm. okay? That's first and foremost. Overcome the mind. The B is become a better version of yourself. And how do you do that? You love yourself. Mm-hmm. You find out who you are because guess what? No matter whatever skin you're in, how much you weigh, that's not your worth. So become a better version of yourself. The E is embrace your situation and quit making excuses. Drop the excuses, embrace it, and go on and say, I'm here. What do I do? Let's not figure, let's not do what we can't find out what we can't do. Let's find out what we can do and embrace the situation. The S is stabilize and simplify your life and your environment. Mm. If you have toxic relationships, get rid of them. If you have people that are running you down, get rid of it. And then simplify how you're going to approach this. You didn't get here overnight. You're not going to get out overnight. It's going to take time. It's going to take small steps, okay? Mm -hmm. So you got the O-B-E-S-E-I is intrinsic motivation. You aren't going to be motivated from outside sources. You got to be motivated from the inside. 
And if you don't have that, the mind, the heart, everything, that trichotomy, all in order, the mental, the physical, and the spiritual, you're not going to go forward. Mm -hmm. And then the T is transform your habits for at least 21 days. Give something up like pop or fast food or sweets or whatever. Do it for 21 days, just one thing. And then you'll feel results, you'll feel accomplished, and you'll go forward. And then the why is you are accountable and responsible for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how you get out of the abyss of obesity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have the confidence enough to trust yourself rather than another system or another plan or another human, right? Like we have to to see ourselves through this. Yeah. Yes. Sean, this was so good. I know you have to hop off here, but before you leave, can you tell us where we can learn more about you and the obesity revolution? You have a book out, all the things. Yeah. Well, my book is getting ready to come out, by the way. It's called Larger uh, Than Life, Embracing the Elephant in the Room. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm going through all this from my childhood all the way up until I got to 687. Uh, that's going to be coming out here in the next month or so. And then you just go to the obesityrevolution.com. You can find my book, our podcast, um, you know, everything that we're doing, our videos, or, you know, everything that we have. And then follow me on social media at I am Sean Maroney. Mm-hmm. And so everything's there, the obesityrevolution.com. And anything, anybody needs anything and struggling with obesity, you know, reach out to me. I'm accessible, you know, as much as I can be. I'm, I'm not bigger than life. I'm, I'm big, but I'm not bigger than life that I can't be accessible Mm -hmm. to people. So especially where I met. Right. And I will link all that up in the show notes. So, um, everyone can find you and, um, pre-order that book. Um, it's going to be amazing. So Sean, it has been a privilege. I'm so excited for what God has for you in your future. And I know he didn't ask you into this path without providing goodness in the end. And, um, I'm excited to watch you and join you in this movement. So thank you, Sean. Well, thank you. You're awesome, Alexa. Thank you. Sean always teaches me so much about life and what health really means. And I'm so honored that he would be on the show and share this. Sean and I have some amazing things in the works, and we'll be announcing that later on. But for now, I want you to know that, as always, you can find all the information on today's show, as well as where to learn more about Sean, in the show notes at SemperitzWellness.com backslash 209. He is Sean Mulroney from The Obesity Revolution. So you can just type in TheObesityRevolution.com and learn more about him. Also, I would love if you would support Sean in his new book called Larger Than Life, addressing the elephant in the room. Again, you can learn more about that in the show notes or just find him over at theobesityrevolution.com. Okay, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for sticking around. Next week, I'm gonna be back talking about good stress versus bad stress. And maybe it's not stress that's our problem, it's our perception. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be an episode that I'll probably get on my soapbox a few too many times get a little passionate about. So you're going to want to stick around to hear more about that. In the meantime, don't forget to hop on that email list, follow me on social media at Alexa Sherm, and stay tuned because there's a lot of good things coming your way. I'll see you back here next week.